Hello and welcome to Spy Hard's podcast. I'm Agent Scott. And I'm Cam the Provocateur. And usually we would go deep undercover into the world of spy movies. And usually we are strictly for your ears only. But this week we're doing something a little bit different. Right. We're going to call this spy versus spy versus spy versus spy versus spy, etc. You get the picture, I think. Uh, I'm starting to get it. Uh, But tell us a little bit more, Cam, about what we're actually doing. We are going to pit eight of the greatest film spies of all time against each other to determine who is the greatest spy on screen, of course, of all time. Yeah, we've got some interesting picks. There's probably a couple that we've missed out that I'm sure you, uh, people can write to us and, and say, how dare we? But uh, we think we've we've picked the, the cream of the crop, really. Yeah, I apologize, Mater fans from Cars 2. <laughs> but you, you'll be able to tell we're, we're very big fans of Triple uh, X. Mm. Yeah. The movie. Uh, of course, of course. Thanks for clarifying that, Cam, as always. Um, but basically, as Cam sort of said, we're going to bracket them off against each other in sort of a battle royale almost in that sense. But we're going to break it down until eventually we have a one versus one. But I think what we'll do to start off is just set out the four initial fights and then start to go through them. Yeah, I think that sounds perfect. Yeah. So should we start with round one? I think so. Okay, so round one, we are going to pit Jason Bourne against johnny english so matt damon versus rowan atkinson i think in the world of fair fights this may be the fairest of all well i think seeing as we're a transatlantic podcast uh i am clearly british i I might have to lobby for johnny english on on this one and you may have to lobby a bit more for jason bourne um but i think if they go head to head I, i i tend to think jason bourne would probably break johnny english's neck Okay, so let's look at Johnny English here, because I think people know Bourne pretty well. Um, you know, they've had four movies with him, plus mm-hmm. one with Jeremy Renner, but we don't count Aaron Cross, damn it. Um, you know. But Johnny English, okay, if we're, you've seen more Johnny English movies than I have. Mm-hmm. What skills does Johnny English bring to the table? Uh, fumbling. Uh, fumbling. And fumbling. He's a smooth talker when he wants to be. Uh, he tends to sort of fall into making things happen. He's definitely more reactive than proactive. Okay. So now I'm picturing a fight between the two of them. It's sort of like that scene in Tenet where he's fighting the guy who's moving backwards. That's what I picture. Is like Jason Bourne is throwing punches and Johnny English is somehow fumbling and dodging the punches. But I will say in Johnny English's defense, I think at the start of the third movie, might be the second, he's training in martial arts with some Shaolin monks. So he's had some real training. And Jason Bourne has forgotten a lot of his life. So, you know, at least one guy has got all of his memories and experiences. Who is the more successful agent at the end of the day? When you look at the movies, who pulls off their missions the best? I don't think Johnny English pulls it off the best. He gets the job done in the end. But uh, Jason Bourne has quite a short career as, a, as a, a, a spy, I would say. He does a few missions and then how does he lose his memory? Like falls over or something or gets shot? Yeah, he gets shot a couple of times and falls off a boat. It's kind of a Johnny English thing there, actually. <laughs> now, um, again, I've only seen the first Johnny English many years ago. But mm-hmm. I seem to recall in that one, the female lead did a good portion of the spy work for him. 
Um, that's not really the case with Bourne. Like, I feel like Johnny English depends on assistance a lot more so. Shut up. What are you talking about? Franca Patente was the 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 pinnacle of True. Bourne identity. She kept that film going. No, Nat- Natalie Imbruglia, who was uh, his Bond girl, if you will, in that film, did do a lot of the stuff. And we also had a very hilarious turn from John Malkovich in what might have been the worst French accent I've ever heard. And that's quite a claim in the world of French accents in film. Um, <laughs> it certainly is. Yeah, because I feel like when it comes to Johnny English, that's generally, isn't that a bit of the joke that he's kind of a fumbler and it's other characters who are far more capable rolling their eyes about him? And kind of cleaning up around him, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, kind of, that's kind of his shtick. Whereas Jason Bourne, you could actually, if you gave him a mission, he was fully ready to go. There was no baggage of like dead girlfriends in cars he would probably get the job done. And I feel like Jason Bourne is like a bullet. Like you can't stop him once he's launched, right? Like that's the whole thing with those movies. We get like a room full of highly trained, you know, operatives and intelligence people literally being like, it's Jason Bourne. We don't know what to do. It's Jason Bourne. I don't know that characters are doing that about Johnny English quite as much. I think that's more the audience at home. Just being surprised that they've actually gone to see him at the cinema. They wound up in the wrong theater room. They're like, it's Johnny English. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's Johnny English? Johnny English. <laughs> <laughs> I came here to see Avatar. <laughs> not blue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he might be. <laughs> um, I, okay, I think I've got a, a decision on this one. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Jason Bourne. It's not that controversial. No, I feel like this is really only one choice. So I think Bourne makes a lot of sense because Johnny English, I think we're going to have maybe some other comedy characters that we can make more of an argument for. You know, they may be comedic, but they have skills very much portrayed on screen. So, um, yeah, yeah, uh, Johnny English, not so much, but he did get three movies. He could do another one. Sure, and he, you got to. He's you know what? He's got to do a fourth so that him and Bourne are equal in at least one thing. Yeah, I, if that's the reason why they do the film, I think they probably don't need to do the film. <laughs> we didn't need to do Jason Bourne the film anyway, so yeah, fair that's, enough. That's true. So, sorry about that, Paul. Paul Greengrass, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that means Bourne is through to round two. Who is up next? Round two is going to be Austin Powers. I think everyone knows who Austin Powers is against Harry Palmer. Now, I don't know if everyone watching this knows who Harry Palmer is. Harry Palmer is the, um, the, the lead spy in a series of British spy films from the 60s. Um, they start with the Ipcris file, Funeral in Berlin, Billion Dollar Brain. And then there was a couple of TV movies no one talks about. But nonetheless, he was kind of an icon in the 60s British cinema played by Michael Caine. I should have really put that up front because I think that's the most important part. You know, Michael Caine, pretty big name. So I think I'm kind of a... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Michael Caine. Um, Ah, (laughs) (laughs) that guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, He's kind of a more cerebral spy, more of a... How would you describe him, Scott? Like he's more of a street-level kind of down-and-dirty spy versus a Bond who has kind of that glitz and glamour to him. He's the reality of what I think spy work is like. He doesn't want to go to work. Right, right. Which we can he, all relate he's, to. He's us, basically, yeah. He's, he's everyone at home right now. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not a big Harry Palmer fan, personally, but I won't let that influence my decision-making in this. 
Um, but yeah, and also to be fair, the Ipcris file, which is the first of the Harry Palmer films, is actually being remade now uh, by ITV here in the UK. I think it's actually being co-funded by an uh, American company as well. So it will get a release over there. So we will be seeing more Harry Palmer very soon. Plus, Michael Caine was cast as Austin Powers' father in the third Austin Powers film. Very much a rip on the fact that Michael Caine was an iconic spy, um, you know, in the Harry Palmer films. My suspicion was some of the Bond actors didn't answer the call. I, I think that might be the case. Uh, I didn't actually know that as a young man. I've, uh, I used to love the Austin Powers films. Uh, I saw two of them in the cinema. But um, yeah, seeing Michael Caine in the third one was just like, oh, cool, it's Michael Caine. Because that was like the early 2000s at that point, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, you thought they cast him because of Jaws the Revenge. Of course, it all leads back to Jaws. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> so in the match of Harry Palmer versus Austin Powers, okay, why don't we start with Harry Palmer and kind of lay this out for people that maybe don't know him as well as some of the other ones we're going to talk about. What are the skills that Harry Palmer brings to the table? I would say he's quite calculated in what he does. He never seems to be on the back foot in all of the times that we've seen him so far. Uh, it's not often that he's surprised by anything which probably bodes well in this sort of a matchup. But he's also, he's quite dry. Yeah. I don't think he could have a very good repartee with Austin Powers. I think Austin might have him on, on the ropes when it comes to the, the sort of wittiness between them. Harry Palmer is very analytical. Like mm -hmm. he's the type of character, it makes sense that in his third movie, he's paired off against a computer because they are of a similar kind of... Um, no nonsense kind of numbers guys in some ways but harry mm -hmm. palmer has a little bit of a rebellious edge to him a bit of a, a little bit of a almost a mean streak but he's not a fighter like i would say that you're not going to necessarily put harry palmer in a fight there is a fight famously <laughs> outside royal albert hall that's a little bit of a it's clumsy like that's the thing when you watch a bond fight or a jason Bourne fight they're very slick they show that the agents are incredibly skilled fighters whereas harry palmer it's kind of clumsy it looks the way you know if you and i started fighting outside royal albert hall we'd be falling down the stairs awkwardly clumsily tripping it would be embarrassing for everyone including ourselves uh, i can see that happening in the near future but um yeah. no I, I would say harry palmer's fight style is also quite um He's quite reactive as well, but he's also just very down and dirty. I, I have no doubt that he would, you know, kick a man in the balls to get the job done. There's, there's yeah. nothing out of bounds. He is, he actually fights like a real fight would be. Yeah. Uh, which is, is quite good for this sort of thing. Um, whereas if we're talking about, you know, Austin again, I could see he wouldn't go for the, the low blow. I think he'd have too much worry about what might do to someone's mojo. Hmm. I f yeah, too much respect for the mojo that he mm. wouldn't go to sink to those depths that Harry Palmer would. Um, hmm, that's an excellent point. Now, the one thing Austin Powers does have is the judo chop, which has been shown to be beyond effective, like incredibly, incredibly effective in those movies. So much so we got that gag pulled like 27 times in three movies to the point where we just kind of rolled our eyes by the time we got to Goldmember. Uh, I wasn't rolling my eyes at all, Cam. I, I, I've been practicing it since. And, and due to lockdown, I've only had to, my dog, basically. Uh, I, I just chase him around trying to do this now. But he knows what this means. So he runs. I'm dangerous now. He, he does it back now. <laughs> yeah. Puts me to sleep every night. It's quite actually quite <laughs> handy. 
<laughs> so, yeah, like, okay, so we've said Harry Palmer, very analytical spy, um, kind of like a street fighter in some ways, mm-hmm. kind of those gritty skills. Austin Powers has a judo chop. What else does Austin Powers have? Like, what are the skills that Austin Powers brings to the table? Because I do think when we look at him, he is more showy and in terms of his skills on screen than a Johnny English, for example, another comedy character. Mm-hmm. I think with Austin, I think he's very much able to blend in with what he's doing in the background. He obviously travels in time from the 60s to the 90s and noughties in the films. And he's able to get on with real life and sort of understand the world around him and acclimatize himself very quickly. So if we're chucking these two in a room, I think Austin might have a bit of a head start on figuring out what to do next. Right. Um, but I don't, in terms of his fighting style, you don't really see much in the film apart from some gun work and some chops. Judo yeah. Chops. So I, I think ultimately, I think Palmer will probably give him a run for his money at least. Palmer is so analytical that I could see him kind of pointing out all the, you know, the sections of weakness and mm. then just attacking all of those. Like, but he would do it in a way that is not exciting for people to watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he will leave. Well, he'll he'll give you a couple of barbs. He will he will insult Austin before he beats him up. Uh, probably hurt his person. He's like internally injure him, uh, and then they'll fight. And then I think you'll see Palmer take him down. But I I think it will be a, a swift kick to the balls. Yeah, I, I hate to say that really because I would love to see that it's a fair fight. But here's a question: Who throws the first punch? Hmm. Well, I suppose it's something to define the parameters of what we're doing. Are we literally putting these two in the room and telling them to fight? Or is it like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just throwing money down, just bets. It's like Mortal Kombat style. <laughs> it's just like yeah. UFC, basically. It's the UFC for spies. I think we're, oh. what, I think that it's really a spy versus spy. So it's, you know, who is the ultimate spy between the two? I think we've wound up in fighting because obviously so much of what these guys do in these movies ultimately ends with a shootout or a fist fight or something like that but mm-hmm. i think we are looking also at spycraft um you know harry palmer works alone for the most part yeah. right he really does work alone whereas austin powers you have like an elizabeth hurley character a beyonce character they're helping him a lot he would be on his own in this scenario um he's also mm-hmm. and the other thing to take into mind too is like harry palmer I think we're going to be looking at Harry Palmer in the 60s, right? Yeah. So not the 90s looking... version. Not the no, 90s version. No, 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 no. <laughs> Doesn't exist. Does not exist. Um, so then are we looking at Austin Powers in his prime in the 60s? So he's not even the fish out of water where it's awkward and he's kind of a goofball. It's like him when the, you know, swing in London is really his scene and he is totally in his, in his environment there. Well, you've got to think Austin Powers graduated the top of his class in, I believe it was like spy school or something like that, which of course we both were educated, ed- educated in as well. So educated. But, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just about got by. I think I had like an F or something, but uh, yeah, just about passed. But um, so he's a top spy at that point. He is the top of his game. He's an international man of mystery, which is apparently a rank in the uh, Austin Powers universe. And whereas Palmer is just like a lowly spy, he's yeah. he's not at top of anything in the in the films. He's you see his boss and his boss's boss. Yeah. Whereas really in the Powers films, it's oh. kind of it. And I got another point against Harry Palmer actually. Let's look at the, oh, end of- the list. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's look at the movies. Okay. 
mm-hmm. the villains in Harry Palmer movies often just get away or, you know, their end comes due to nothing that Harry Palmer actually does. Versus Austin Powers, um, he, like, really does save the day. Right? It's true. And he fights on the moon. Yeah. And in the volcano. Yeah. I think, I think you, for me, actually... Originally, I was leaning towards Palmer, but I think you've changed the game a little bit when you mentioned his allies. Because Powers has the allies. You know, Foxy Cleopatra, like you said. Mm-hmm. He's, got, he's got a fembot on his side. You know, they turn up. I don't think our, our Palmer will know what to do with himself. I mean, his boss hates him. Harry Palmer doesn't have a lot going for him in this, re- in this regard versus like Austin, who everyone really champions. I think I think Austin Powers might win this one, and I feel like he would do a judo chop, you know, in a combat scenario, or he would just fire like one gunshot and have it the mission done. Maybe, or controversially, I think maybe Palmer might just walk away. I don't need this, but if he walks away, he forfeits. Absolutely, he loses. I'm happy to say that, but I could just see Harry Palmer just being like. Eh. Yeah, is it is it worth it? Because he he often tries to quit in all of his films. It's true, and quitters never win. So Austin Powers moves on. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that. Right, so Powers is in round two. Okay, what have we got next? Yeah, the next round is Jack Ryan, Tom Clancy's character, and James Bond. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, I think um, like I, I think I'm going to have to put a little bit of pressure on you here because I don't know much about the Jack Ryan character. I haven't seen the Amazon TV show with John Krasinski. I think I've seen a couple of the the films with Harrison Ford. Yeah, he did too, actually. But I couldn't tell you much about the character himself. He's an analyst. He's not like that much of a field guy. He gets involved in missions that you know kind of blow out of control or something like that or Mm -hmm. there's a vendetta against him i'm thinking of like patriot games for example where he's kind of on the run a little bit um you know he's getting dropped into a scenario like hunt for red october where he's played by alec baldwin but he's not someone who you would he's not a james bond who you're calling into the office and being like there's a faberge egg on the loose bond we're sending you out you know you're not going to do that with jack ryan because he's going to want to sit there and like run the figures and figure out what the scenario is. He's, mm-hmm. he's like, he is an analytical type. We said um, Harry Palmer's an analy- analytical guy, but like, that's really what Jack Ryan is. Okay. So then I suppose one question we need to answer before we even deal with the Bond side, and we'll have to ask this question again, is which Jack Ryan are we dealing with? Okay. So, um, you know, there's the new t- there's the new show on the air right now, but we're a movie podcast, so we're not going to talk about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we okay, I think you can knock off the Ben Affleck film, Some of All Fears. I just don't think that's a movie that people really remember at all or really acknowledge. I think the same goes for the Chris Pine version, Shadow Recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be between Alec Baldwin in Hunt for Red October or the uh, Harrison Ford in Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger. I think you got to give the edge to Harrison Ford because he did it twice, right? I would say so. I don't really... Re- I've seen Hunt for Red October, but I, and I know it's Alec Baldwin's film, basically, but then I tend to think more about Sean Connery in that film. Right. Well, it's his face on the poster. Yeah. Um, 
So I guess Harrison Ford is the one we're going to go with. Yeah. Now, which James Bond? Well, are we are we choosing a James Bond to try and beat Harrison Ford, or are we just you know, I, we I don't we need know. a scenario basically. That's the thing. Like, I don't want to side with Bond just because it would be easier. Sure, I think we need to choose. We ch- we're choosing what we think is the definitive Jack Ryan at this point in time. We may get. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: they're going to make more Jack Ryan movies in the future, and maybe we get another actor who does a run of them and really establishes that character. Sure, but um. I feel like Harrison Ford, at least for our generation, is probably the tried and true Jack Ryan on mm-hmm. screen. Um, James Bond, I think you're probably going to go with uh, probably Sean Connery, who's you know you know the originator of the role, or maybe Daniel Craig because it's the current. I think that would probably be the two. So we're going for the definitive Bond, which is actually a bit of a bold statement that we're going to make on this one now. Then. Yeah. Who is the definitive Bond? I mean, we've recently been covering the Sean Connery films on the podcast. Yeah. So I'm a bit more connected to his films, I would say. But then there's that violence level of the Daniel Craig films. I don't know necessarily we need that level of violence because if he's coming up against an analyst, uh, I think it'll be a bloodbath. Get... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not going to end well. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. I'm going to go with George Lazenby. Oh, of course, of course, right. The, sure. the the true number one. He was actually recently, well, on Her Majesty's Secret Service was recently voted as the best Bond film on a Yahoo poll. Take that as you will. I'm, it's not my favorite, but uh, some people seem to really love that George Lazenby film. Are we really going with George Lazenby? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna go with you think Connery. I think so. I think okay. he he made he 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 made the role what it is today. Everyone who does Bond has looked back at him and everyone who will do Bond will still look back at him. Also, if you go to Daniel Craig and say, who's the definitive Bond? He's going to say Sean Connery. If you go to Sean Connery and ask him, he, oh, well, he would have said Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice save there, buddy. <laughs> in, in my world, Sean Connery's eternal. He's still around. So before we get to the fight, I have a question for you then. Yeah. Who would be the worst pick? Um, and this is I, not to deface the Bond himself. Yeah, yeah, but Probably, I feel like Lazenby because he's the least defined. Like, Timothy Dalton only did a couple, but he, I feel like he's a very specific type, whereas Lazenby, he wasn't an actor. He was a male model who was kind of moving into acting, and I just feel like a lot of his performance is him being guided by the director and the producers as to what they want, which at that point was kind of like a Sean Connery type. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the definitive George Lazenby Bond is because I'll bet you we would have gotten it if we'd had three mo- movies, for example. I think so. I think the other thing is to point out is of all of the Bonds, I don't think I would want uh, Roger Moore in my corner. <laughs> well, I mean, I would always want Roger Moore in my corner, but that's... He'd be dressed as a clown or something. It would just it would just not go right. I think at least like Pierce Brosnan or George Lazenby would put up a fight. It's true. If it comes down to like fist fight, you don't really want Roger Moore. Although he does have a little bit, although, you know, I guess he does fight occasionally, but then even I'm thinking of the man with the golden gun, right? Where mm. there's the, um, the fist fight at the karate school. He does kick the yeah. guy in the head, but then like once everyone starts fighting, he lets like his, you know, assistant and then the two girls fight all the other, you know, karate guys while he just kind of takes off. Yeah, I just I just wouldn't feel comfortable. I feel like I'd be a one-man fight with just him making quips on the side with a Fabergé egg, as you say. 
Yeah, plus, remember he punched Jaws in the mouth, which seems like the stupidest move you could ever make. <laughs> hmm, let me pick his weakness right there. Uh, yeah. Ow. Yeah, yeah okay. seems smart. Yeah, good, good, good move there, Rog. Okay, so um, we're going Sean Connery versus Harrison Ford, Jack Ryan. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, okay. This is tough because their skill sets are so different. Um, Bond, it's saving the day. It's outsmarting evil masterminds, using gadgets like, you know, they're going out of style, invisible cars all over the place. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, it is just taking on these missions that are so much larger than life, right? Whereas yeah. Jack Ryan, a lot of it is portrayed as, you know, CIA, inside information, very technical, um, a lot of insight, a lot of reading into, you know, figures and numbers. Yes, he can use a gun if called to, as we've seen in the movies, but that's not like the number one thing you're going to go to him for. Mm. So like, how do we, how do we pair these two off? Because even in a fight, uh, you're going to say Bond because obviously his fighting skills are just, you know, I mean, I I know that um, both Bond and uh, Jack Ryan fought Sean Bean. So good for them, but um, yeah, true. Good for them. But uh, yeah, yeah. And in both cases, Sean Bean died horribly. So good for both of them. As he wants um, to do in all of his films. So I feel like the fight doesn't really make sense because I just think Bond is so much slicker, especially if it's the Sean Connery Bond. You're comparing some of those fight scenes of those early Conneries, like, you know, You Only Live Twice or something like that. He's got skills. I, I, I don't think we need to debate it that much. I, I think Bond walks away with it. And in any scenario you come up with, yeah. even if it's like a highly analytical thing where Jack Ryan has planned the whole mission out, I just feel like Sean Connery could swagger in there and figure it out and do it in style. It would be like Sean Connery in all those scenes where he's like talking about like the vintage of brandies or whatever to M. Mm-hmm. And M's just like, oh, 007. You know, like that sort of thing. That's gold. We're saving that for next time. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, I think maybe Harry Palmer versus Jack Ryan would have been the one we could really perhaps have an argument for. But I think in this case, Bond is just <laughs> just running over Jack Ryan. It's I, embarrassing. He's, he's already strapped on his jetpack. He's jumping off to the next fight. It's Sean Connery's round two for me. Okay. Well, um, let's move on to the next uh, and final of round one of our matches. My favorite. This one is kind of bananas. And this is Ethan Hunt from the Mission Impossibles, played by Tom Cruise, the man who can do anything, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. up up against Triple X, as played by Vin Diesel, the man who can do anything. Xander Cage himself. That is, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, to, to start off with, if you're not familiar with the Triple X films, we haven't covered them on the podcast yet, but I recently rewatched the first one. It's a wild ride and it feels like 2001. It's great. But um, yeah. one thing that stands out to me about both of them is they're both extreme yeah you know, you've got they're both yeah. they're both like skydiving and windsurfing i don't know if they go windsurfing <laughs> but i'll take it bungee yeah. jumping skydiving anything like that um i want to see the windsurfing scene now in these movies <laughs> do people well, he does do he does kind of do that in the first one zander cage because he hangs off the back of the submarine thing on a cable with a parachute with the u.s flag on it so he just kind of wins stuff, I guess. Sure, we'll go with it. I'll um, take it. Nonetheless, um, yeah, they are both like extreme sports guys. Um, mm-hmm. 
Hmm. They're both played by actors who refuse to acknowledge their actual age. Mm-hmm. Timeless. <laughs> Timeless. Yeah. 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 Um, boy. So the criteria here, what are we looking at? We're looking at who's the better well, spy in the field. If you're going to put one of them in the field, who's the better one? They both seem to deal with plots that revolve around the world ending and they always finish it at the last second. Both of the films I've seen recently are literally ticking clocks in the final seconds of the film and they defuse the bomb or whatever MacGuffin is on display. So they're good in the crunch. Mm-hmm. And they both they both have shown that they will do whatever it takes to get the mission done. I just think one thing actually at the beginning of Triple X, because I, I saw it today, I can quote it basically. He says he works alone. Yeah. And I think Ethan Hunt can rely on his friends. You've got, you know, Simon Pegg. I uh, forget the name of the gentleman that joins him too. Which uh, plays who? Um, he's got another chap who's always helping him. He's in the van all the time. Oh, uh, Luther. Yeah, played by yes, Ben Yes, Luther. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got a team. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and uh, Il- Ilsa Faust. Don't forget Ilsa Faust. Yeah. And Ilsa, of course, as well. Um, yeah, he's got a whole team behind him. And I think they make the mission possible. Although, spoilers for Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, he has a team as well. Oh no, my entire my entire point yeah. is falling to pieces. Oh damn. So you've got like Ruby Rose. Um, I can't remember who the others are. They were. It's not the most memorable of movies, but that was one of them. There was another one. I'm not going to spoil for those who haven't seen the movie because it's kind of a big reveal. But I'm sure they'll be running to it. <laughs> he has a team at that point so obviously that line in triple x um was quickly ignored when it came to uh you know bringing vin diesel back um okay i'm gonna just make a call for it now i think ethan hunt wins okay um here's the thing like we've seen ethan hunt do more extreme things than we saw xander cage and that is a guy who specializes in theory in the extreme right yeah and- that's Can, his thing. Has he done anything that compares with, um, I don't know, like the zero altitude or whatever it's called, jump, the halo jump that Tom Cruise does in Fallout or that entire helicopter scene at the end of Fallout? I can only speak to the first film and the mm-hmm. closest he gets to that is being hit by an avalanche and then walking it off. I have vague memories of Xander Cage riding a motorbike on water. It's not in that one. But he also then you know, rides a car off of a bridge and then parachutes off of the car. So he, he is willing to do stuff. Yeah. I, I, feel like, though, I feel like Ethan Hunt, though, just for the Burj Khalifa climbing scene mm. in, um, in um, Ghost Protocol alone, ooh, I don't know that that can be beat. Like that, oh boy. Do you think Xander Cage would have done that? I think he would have tried. It might have been his demise, unfortunately. He's just not as talented. And he hasn't got the team. I think you might say in the third one he has a team, but you know, Ethan Hunt has a team from film one. You know, yeah. He's got Emilio Estevez in his corner. It's true, which will always get the win. Yeah, Emilio Estevez is the secret to everything. Young guns. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's Ethan Hunt. Yeah, and Ethan Hunt, obviously, in the field, is going to get the edge because... I mean, come on, the disguises and everything. Mm-hmm. Like Ethan Hunt is unbelievable in the field. Um, look how many times his bosses have turned on him. And he always manages to uh, make it out okay. 
Ethan Hunt is a guy who, you know, will always survive these scenarios where his entire organization is crumbling. But, oh, we are also forgetting a line from um, Alec Baldwin's character in Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, I think, where he Mm -hmm. says, like, Ethan Hunt is the living manifestation of destiny. Did, uh, did Tom Cruise write that line for himself? Or? Probably. Probably. Yeah, there is so. no line. There is no line for um, for Triple um, X like that. No, he has some great one-liners, but not that bad. No. So I think you really have to say the living manifestation of Destiny moves on to the next round and knocks out Triple <laughs> X. I, I think I'm on board. Okay. So now we get to round two. So this is our second of third of three rounds. So let's kick off bracket number one. We've got returning champion Jason Bourne against returning mm-hmm. champ Austin Powers. <laughs> now, we don't need to sit here and spell everyone's secrets out now. We've, we've spent enough time building up the characters. Right, let's get down to it, really, I think, on this one. Yeah. I, when Powers was coming up against a, a more of a serious person in, in Palmer, we, we reasoned that he would get out of it with his friends. Yeah. Jason Bourne doesn't necessarily have friends, but he's a force of nature. That's true. And I think I think he will bulldoze most of anyone on this list. Jason Bourne is very formidable. You know, you watch Supremacy or Ultimatum, and just think of those car chase sequences at the ends of those movies, mm-hmm. or just the scenes where he has to take someone down in a fight. Jason Bourne never gives up. Like, Jason Bourne's a guy who's going to go down with like still swinging so he's a rabid dog he will just go 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 once he's got the scent and i think rabid dog is actually really good too because like when he attacks he's so laser focused right mm-hmm. is austin powers ever laser focused laser focused <laughs> <laughs> uh, no i don't think he is not unless there's women involved yeah i mean that's you know all you would need to do is have the two of them squaring off on the street, for example. Uh, a woman walks by, boom, Austin Powers is out. Jason Bourne's already taken him down. He's already distracted. He's twisted. He's like groovy, baby. And then just, that's it. Yeah. Game over. Yeah. I, I can't make an argument for Austin Powers. There's nothing this man can do that Jason Bourne can't do better. Yeah. The only thing he's got for him is that he's fought on the moon and in a volcano and traveled in time. But I don't think Jason Bourne needs that. Jason Bourne's probably not as good a photographer. This is true. Or a dancer. I was going to say dancer, too. I, I would love to see Matt Damon in the next, you know, if he ever comes back in Bourne. Just the whole opening is a dance number of Jason Bourne <laughs> dancing down the street. Jason Bourne to dance? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bourne, Bourne on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Right. It. Where's, uh, where's Paul Greengrass? We'll get him a call. Get Doug Lyman. Get Doug Lyman. He'll do it. Sure, sure. Yeah. T- uh, Gilroy, get in there. Write that thing up. <laughs> we need it. Stat. So I think we're agreeing that um, there's not much left of Austin Powers after uh, Jason Bourne is done with him. No. Yeah. He, he's a he's a puddle on the floor. So I think that takes us off to the other one. Okay. This one is actually, I think, maybe tougher, which is James Bond, Connery Bond, Versus Ethan Hunt. Well, it's the only two active franchises left that are actually still making films. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's all these, like, 
you know, bumble, uh, bubblings, you know, of another Austin Powers film. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, so far that doesn't look to be the case. I like that I said bumblings. Um, either way, <laughs> both apply. Um, and yeah, Bourne seems to be on ice as well. So it really is, yeah, Mission Impossible and Ethan Hunt. Or sorry, Mission Impossible and James Bond that are the two that are uh, going forward. So It's a toughie because they're just... They're both such adept agents. They're not necessarily both great fighters. They are fighters and they do practice and that sort of thing. But they're also just very good at being spies. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas yeah. like Jason Bourne on the other side, when we'll get to him, he's he is more just about taking out that target. Just um, I, but I think on like a spy off between the, you know James Bond and Ethan Hunt, I think James has just a little bit more of an edge. Okay. They're both good with gadgets, so I feel like mm-hmm. they cancel each other out there. Um, both in, t- you know what? Ethan Hunt is way better, way way better at going undercover. Oh, he has the masks, so yeah, okay. James Bond is like, "Hello, I'm celebrity super spy James Bond." I mean, call me James Stock. You know, Saint John like, Smythe. It's... Saint John Smythe. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like so obvious. People, he just walks in and everyone's like, "That's clearly um, a w- very well-known secret agent named James Bond." M- MI6 is in the building. Yep, fine, <laughs> okay. So uh, Ethan yeah. Hunt has a beat there. Um, as a fighter, here's the thing: if if this was Roger Moore, you'd be like, "Well, I mean, um, you know, Tom Cruise is going to clean his clock, right?" Mm-hmm. But Connery in his prime, we're looking at like Doctor No or From Russia with Love. It's a pretty solid fight. Different fighting styles because of the eras, but you know they're both pretty lethal. If you put, uh, we'll take from Russia with love for it for an example. If you put James Bond and Ethan Hunt in that train mm-hmm. instead of Red Grant, I think Bond is still winning. I mean, you think Ethan Hunt really loves those gold coins that much? <laughs> well, maybe he wants to impress Ilsa. I don't know. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, you know what? Because when you look at Robert Shaw's villain in From Russia with Love, who Bond does face off with, he's got to be about equal to what like a Ethan Hunt would deal with, right? Or like what yeah. an Ethan Hunt is, I should say. Because remember, um, Ethan Hunt fought, fought Philip Seymour Hoffman in um, Mission Impossible 3, right? Mm-hmm. I think his name was Owen in that. Um, there was a bit of a struggle. Bit of yeah, a struggle. It wasn't an easy fight. Didn't, didn't, clean, didn't clean his clock, as you would say. Yeah, whereas like Robert Shaw is formidable and mm-hmm. Bond is fighting back really hard and he does beat him. But um yeah, like I, I think I think Bond would actually win in the fight. If we're yeah. looking at Connery Bond, again, I think a lot of people are colored a little bit by um growing up on say Roger Moore movies or Brosnan, where a lot of it was just like a punch. Mm-hmm. Um but I think then if you're quick. looking at yeah, yeah, oh many equips. Um, but Connery, I, I think, I think he takes down Ethan Hunt. Well, we chose the most lethal of the Bonds, except for maybe uh, Daniel Craig. And if it had been Daniel Craig, I think he still would have won. I would put so, him up against, yeah, Ethan Hunt. I think he would stomp all over Ethan, Ethan Hunt. Yeah. So are we putting Bond through to the final? I think so. Yeah, I think we. Ha- I think we kind of have to. Ethan Hunt disguises he's got in his favor, being in the field maybe a little more. Um, I don't know that there's much else we can compare. Um, 
they're both all about stopping doomsday scenarios at the very last minute. So that kind of cancels itself out as well. I think it really is going to come down to a fist fight in this case, which I think Vaughn gets the edge. So yeah, I think James Vaughn. Okay. So, so in our dying minutes now, it is Bond versus Bourne. That's the ultimate battle anyway, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could probably talk about it for hours, but we know we've only got a bit of time. So I'm just going to throw out what I think is the winner. And I think it has to be James Bond. Oh, you see, I didn't expect you to go there. I, I thought you might actually bend to Jason Bourne because I just thought, I don't know that Bond could beat Jason Bourne in a fight. In a fight, maybe not. But I think yeah. the the spy world overall, he would probably outwit Jason Bourne. He would use his guile and just... And just he would outwit him. him. You think he would outwit him when like Jason Bourne is outwitting like a room full of like highly trained CIA intelligence members? Like Jason, but they're all just uh, trained to be fighters. And, like and David Strathern, Joan Allen's character, all these people. I don't know. I just feel like James has had so much experience, and Jason's lost all that stuff, and he's he's more just like this reactive physical presence. Whereas I think Bond would probably just defuse the fight before it even happened and have him taken down and if he did have to fight him he would probably outwit him personally what do you think the one thing is jason Bourne. it's all about him being on the run he doesn't want to be there right mm-hmm. and i think that that is a little bit of a knock against him because i feel like bond would be going in to stop him mm-hmm. is jason Bourne trying to stop bond or is jason Bourne just trying to get away from bond I could see, yeah, MI6 sending Bond after Bourne because of something that's happened that you could make up, I'm sure. And I think Bond would take him down. Because let's look at some of the agents that Bourne has fought. You know, you got Dash, for example, in the Bourne Ultimatum. Um, you've got Carl Urban's character in, um, in Supremacy. Mm-hmm. Do you think that those assassins are superior to James Bond? No. Okay. So you think James Bond would beat them? I'm, I'm pretty set on James Bond. Yeah, I think, okay, well, I've got a fun little game because we've got a couple minutes here. So we're going to say I think Connery Bond wins, right? Mm-hmm. So we've decided Connery Bond wins the spy off. I don't know that that's the biggest shocker in the world, but I think there's some other interesting things to say. Let's just have the same matchup briefly and say, okay, it's Jason Bourne. He's, mm-hmm. he's in the finals against Lazenby Bond. Where do you stand? I think Jason Bourne would take him down. I think so too. I think there's more of that youthful kind of um, recklessness in that Bond versus the Connery. And I, I used his spy work as one of the reasons why I think he takes Jason Bourne down, whereas I don't think we see as much of that in, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. I think he's more just kind of going through the motions in the film, which is not yeah. Lazenby's fault at all. Um, yeah, I, I think he would lose. And I also think Piers Brosnan would lose. But I don't think Daniel Craig or Timothy Dalton would lose. Okay, you think um, Dalton and, and Craig would beat Jason Bourne? And I think Moore and, uh, and Lazenby would lose. Yeah, I mean, okay, Timothy Dalton has that killer instinct in his eyes. Like you totally, I can see it. He doesn't have the the physical prowess you see of a Daniel Craig Bond, mm-hmm. but I'll bet you if they had made those Timothy Dalton movies now, he would have. 
It's just yeah, ni- 19, 1987 film. That's not what they were focused on hugely. A lot of it in those in that era, it's a lot of it is just like gunplay in movies, right? That's what they were mm-hmm. more focused on. Um, versus like, yeah, I would love to watch a Roger Moore versus Jason Bourne fight. I, I think it'd be a lot of rolling around and silly gags as it happens. Uh, <laughs> Slide <yeah>. whistles. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Um, he'd run across some crocodiles to try and get away and yeah but i think ultimately it would be a a quite a quick end okay yeah unfortunately what about woody allen and david niven from the casino royale (laughs) or peter sellers or the 15 (laughs) other james bonds from that movie (laughs) i i i don't i honestly don't think i could ever even try to answer that question i don't think anyone's ever tried to answer that question david niven versus jason Bourne. Mm. (laughs) let us know yeah exactly so, I, yeah, I think that wraps up our bracket. I mean, were you shocked that Bond won? No. I, I, I thought Bourne would give him a run for his money, and I also thought if Palmer got through, he might give him a run for his money. But um, ultimately, I think we've just seen so much of a back catalogue of James Bond that we just know he can basically deal with anything. Yeah, so maybe Ethan Hunt just needs another 20 movies, and then we'll give him the prize. Or Triple X. Tom- <laughs> Triple yeah, X, yeah. God help us. <laughs> Triple X, 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 X. Number 30. That's exactly what we need. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. So as you say, Cam, it's not exactly anything new, but James Bond is the man. He is our spy. And I think that brings us to an end. So um, I want to thank uh, PodBeacon for having us. It's been great. And you can, of course, find us uh, basically on social media at SpyHards. That's S-P-Y-H-A-R-D-S. And we have new episodes every Tuesday where we tackle the best and worst of spy films. S-P-Y-H-A-R-D-S. Make sure you find us before we find you.